We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 48. Welcome to the pod, ladies and gents. Hello, everyone. Happy fall. It's October. Craziness. Time is flying when you're having fun, I guess, if you're having fun. Yeah, I guess we're still in this pandemic, um, which is wild. It's 2021 because I was like, did I live in this apartment last year? And it's been a full year. We've had a fall. Yeah, when I was swimming this morning, I was like, damn, the pandemic is still like a thing. And I like can't believe that like we're still kind of wearing masks. Yeah. I'm not going to decide whether I have fully stopped wearing mine or not, but like, I feel like I'm really just like re-wearing like the two reusable masks that I have. I'm like, I'm not repurchasing anymore. Yeah. Um, They're dirty, but you know what? Whatever. (laughs) At this point. The chin acne, it's fine. The chin acne is going to be here regardless of (laughs) the clean mask or not. So Yeah. Because last October, you know, we were in college. The podcast had not begun yet. Um, We were probably both stressed about graduating college. Were we both, did we have jobs? I was very much on unemployment and only on unemployment. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was unemployed and I was doing social stuff, but like very unemployed. This was like the wandering around New York City phase of our lives when we would just walk around. Pretty. Uh, And no one was here because it was starting to get cold. Yeah, different times. Um, How's your week been, Kate? What, any fun updates in your life pantry food etc um life just you know usual stressors about LSAT and such I one of my first run to d- yesterday of this week I just like taking the break off but now it's like crisp weather outside which is really nice um there's bitches in the street which is like fine I guess it's like good to see people I feel like I forgot what it was like as I was saying before when it was so dead outside you know it was nice for walking for like a a cardiovascular purpose but at the same time it was a little bit gloomy um what have I been eating a lot of I've been making pancakes I'm back on peanut butter chia seed jam that whole grind but I've been reflecting you know all of the grocery stores are now having their fall themed items whether it be pumpkin or like pies and stuff all of the failed baking stuff that comes around in holiday season just like throwback to like vegan days I remember at one point I was trying to make banana pumpkin muffins or banana bread or something that was pumpkin flavored and the recipe that was like some random bloggers recipe I followed was like two mashed bananas a can of pumpkin puree flax eggs and it was like no flour that's just like that's just like liquidy goo (laughs) I just remember it sitting in my oven and I was like I 
I don't, this is soup. Like I tried so many times like to really find good recipes during those vegan days when I was like scared of like oil and everything. Um, so yeah, maybe I will, you know, we always talk about baking, never going to get into baking, but yeah. How's your, uh, week been, I guess, October. My, the, the few days of October that it's been, yeah, it's been like fine. I'm trying to think like, I've just been like swimming a lot. Like my endurance is kind of like, I wouldn't say back to like my peak days. Cause I'm definitely far off from that, but I'm swimming at like a very good pace with my IM, which is like good. So that feels good that I'm, you know, seeing, you know, progress in my training because I feel like with like Pilates, I feel like I've like hit my, hit my peak with them. There's not really much that I can do to approve upon that. Um, this usual stuff working. My brother's coming to visit me next weekend. So just kind of planning and prepping for that. Um, be a sleigh. food, I don't even, oh, well, you know, I discovered a new recipe. It's like, um, keto oatmeal. Y'all can do the research on that one. I did it's see your bad. tweet. Did see your tweet I, on that was confused. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, rabbit hole somehow on the internet at not like a late hour, but a late hour in my world. And I was like, you know what? I'll try this. Um, I'm not saying I'm a keto or anything. So I know keto gets bad rep for like right reasons, but it's been a good way for me to use up my like random seeds that have just been sitting in my pantry for years at this point. Right. Um, I had to switch it up. I've been eating a lot of um, like weird chocolate. I like the Tony's Chocoloni. I've been eating milk chocolate and I'm like fully know that there's dairy in it. Fully just doing it. My chin acne, mm, I can't really tell. Can't really tell if it's good or not. I'm, I'm like just at a point where with like food and stuff, I feel like that I'm just like, I will eat whatever. Same. I don't care. I'm like me like stressing out about like food and stuff is just like a waste of like mental energy. And I'm like, Same. Emma, I think you and I were talking about this, like literally like we're 22, like not like, yeah, like maybe it's like embarrassing to like be like so obsessive about calories, but I don't want anyone to like feel bad if you're still like in that place and everything. So, you know, it ebb and flows, but I feel like I'm at just, I'm just like at a point where it's like, I'm like, just grow the fuck up. Like, yeah. you know, you're never going to win this battle. So like, what's even the point of even like trying to fight it? Yeah. I think I've had that tough love, like depending on what type of like um, feedback style. Cause some people need like kitten gloves. Some people need whatever. I just need like rip off the bandaid, like punch myself in the face. Like Kate, like, why do you care? It's like the whole, I don't know why we're getting to this on like the fermented foods, but to get into it, it's like, why would we all track? Or like, if you try to track, you're lying to yourself. Like whenever I'm like, Oh, one tablespoon of peanut butter, never have I ever eaten exactly one tablespoon of peanut butter. So like, it's a really, it's just toxic to spend, like I was saying, so much mental space doing that when you could be attending to other things. And I think I've just realized that like my body is like finally probably being fed properly for like a year or so now, like two years, maybe um, had my blips in the pandemic. And so I'm like, just like, I think I'm on, I off the pod go off. Should we do a full episode about this? Like our internal monologue about food? Let us know girlies. Um, Cause we talk about this all the time, but Emma and I were talking about like eating too much, eating too little and never really knowing. And like the whole intuitive eating thing is really difficult. Um, but next week's pod, we're going to do like a little pantry uh, simulation. We're going to just go through what we have in our pantry because we get so many DMs about that. So if you're looking for that type of a chatty app, wait for next week. Yeah, good behind the scenes of what stuff we just hoard as like, you know, psychotic kind of wellness gods. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today's episode is fermented foods. Um, 
we figured it'd be fun to kind of do like a little history lesson between the two, how they've maybe have changed the food industry. Um, if fermented foods can be considered a probiotic, um, what's the difference between like pickling and like fermenting stuff. I actually have like a jar of pickled red onions in my fridge that I've just been sitting there for a week that I have not finished that I need to dump out, but I just have chosen to let them just sit there, which probably isn't the best, but you know, maybe after this episode, I'll tend to the forgotten pickled red onions. Yeah. We all have forgotten produce and such in our fridge. Um, yeah. I, if also, if you're new to the pod, we have an episode about the gut microbiome. I think it's episode seven or eight, maybe eight, nine. Um, and so it goes really in depth about like the geeky side of it, but this is just like a history lesson because we wanted to refresh you guys because we all are thinking about the gut and fermented foods and being wellness gods. So without further ado, I used to say that all the time. (laughs) It's like the exit of the intro. I've been saying it in a while. Without further ado, let's get into episode 48. Okay. I'll call you back in a bit. You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Hey girlies, this wouldn't be a podcast called What the Fuck is CMOS without us having a CMOS sponsor. So it's time to learn what the fuck even is CMOS thanks to our newest sponsor, 26th in Love. CMOS contains 90% of the minerals that the body needs. Some even call it nature's multivitamin. Crazy, huh? Here's just a preview at some of its benefits. Are you struggling with gut health? CMOS. Struggling with inflammation? CMOS. Struggling with adrenal fatigue? CMOS. Struggling with constipation? CMOS. You can use the code CMOS, girlies, for 10% off CMOS gel from 26 and Love. Time to become a wellness god. We're going to do the history explainers of some of your favorite fermented foods, getting into canned foods, all that stuff. Get your notebooks. Get your notebooks, girlies. (laughs) So starting off with pickles. My favorite. Um, My Polish genotype loves pickles. Started around 2400 BC um, in Mesopotamia. Literally, that means nothing to me, but just like, Imagine a long time ago, 
And then they started using dill around 900 AD. Um, but the most prominent time that pickles became a thing was in 1659, Dutch farmers in New York had become begun to grow cucumbers in Brooklyn. And there was this whole like trade system built where like dealers bought cucumbers, pickled them and sold them out of barrels. So like that imagery of like huge ass barrels and a bunch of pickles just being in there started in New York. And that became like the world's largest pickle industry. So I did not know that New York, um, shout out New York for the pickles. And in 1858, you might have heard of something called a mason jar. I learned that it was actually patented in 1858 due to John Mason of Philadelphia, um, because it was like patented to stand like heat when you were doing different tasks with mason jars. So that's another fun fact. But pickling and canning became really popular during like World War II in the U.S. because the government was rationing stuff. Um, so if you heard about like the Victory Gardens and all that type of shit, like that kind of camaraderie and like nationalism that was used to like get people to reduce food waste and stuff, um, that kind of gave rise to canned foods. So during, during World War II, the U.S. government started to ration pickles and like 40% of the nation's production of pickles went to the armed forces, which is really funny to imagine. Like, I don't really know. I couldn't find how they were consuming pickles, like if they were just eating them out of the jar or if it was like on sandwiches. I hope it was the latter, but maybe they were just get drinking pickle juice. As I said before, I've never interviewed for anything. My pre-workout is going to be pickle juice. So maybe the fucking soldiers were doing that too. Um, starting in 1943, about 300 items were rationed by the government, which were like different canned or bottled foods, frozen fruits, frozen vegetables, soups, dried foods, like everything you think that you were probably told to buy in the beginning of the pandemic that was started, um, because of world war two and the victory gardens, like I said before, people were encouraged to plant these to reduce the amount of processed food needed. And like giving people the idea that like, you can take autonomy over your own like food production and you can like help out and like save the country. Um, and home canning started to be encouraged, and it found in January 1944 of the women that were polled in this survey, 70% of housewives were canning foods, and they canned an average of 165 jars per year, which is crazy because I, you know, let's think about our pickled red onions. I do that probably once a week, so I'm like not, I'm slacking, not made to be a housewife, I guess. But with pickling, um, the extra canned fruits and vegetables were often donated to those who like needed extra food, but people would, the families that would get like, would have a housewife that would can foods, um, it would meet the family's like needs and preserve ration points for food that they couldn't grow. So it was like a huge benefit to get into pickling and canning. The interesting thing though, about like this subject of like canned foods and fermented foods is like my head sometimes with canned foods goes to like chef boyardee like highly processed foods um spam that type of stuff and it's interesting because this canning did lead a rise to processed foods because you think like so much easier when people were out like fighting in a war to give them a can of beans versus something to make like fresh but at the same time there's also this like now like hippie like eat for your gut eat sauerkraut eat fermented foods that are canned um so there is now like a health side that comes from this like period of canning and like preserving and stuff but yeah um there was a lot of like the the processed foods like the instant meals powdered cheeses and shit during the world war ii's as well so yeah crazy craziness now for the history on the fermented food so you know think about your sauerkraut miso tempeh you name it um so the first evidence of like a fermented like alcoholic beverage dates back to like neolithic china during like the 7,000 to 6,600 BCE, literally again, those numbers don't mean anything to me. 
Um, but this like fermented alcohol beverage was made from a mixture of like fruit, honey, and rice. And then winemaking dates back to around 6,000 BCE in Georgia, which is like the Caucasus region of like Eurasia. And then the fermentation of dairy dates back to 10,000 BCE. And this kind of is supposedly thought to have occurred more spontaneously and less intentional due to a naturally occurring microflora that was present in the milk at this time. And then like the subtropical climate played a role in kind of like the occurrence of this fermentation. So this was largely taking place in the North Africa region. And then like some of like the most like common like fermented foods that I think we know of or think of today, like miso and kimchi, like miso originated from China and then kimchi originated from Korea kind of during like the three kingdoms period. So a lot of these fermented foods have been around for like centuries and have been like such a big staple in a lot of cultures. And, but it wasn't until like the mid 1800s where they kind of did a discovery of like, you know, fermentation kind of as like a scientific process. Um, a French chemist by the name of like Louis Pasteur connected yeast to the process of fermentation, making him kind of like the first cymologist which is basically just someone who studies the applied science fermentation. Then in 1910, fermented foods kindly, finally are kind of considered like beneficial for our health. There's like a Russian bacteriologist named, found that like the Bulgarians during this time had an average lifespan of like 87 years, which apparently is like insane for that time period. Um, and it was like largely attributed to a large consumption of fermented milks. And Again, like Kate was kind of talking about like with like the canned food and everything like fermentation also was just like a way to preserve food without refrigeration and be able to like make things last longer on the shelves. And now I feel like it's kind of become more of just like something that is like viewed sort of like as a healthy like staple and something in a way to get like kind of like good gut bacteria. And obviously it's like in certain cultures, it's like very much just like a food that you eat because it's part of your culture, but I think like the reasonings for like fermentation is not so much for like the preservation of like food for like longer, longer, like extended periods of time. Yeah. And kind of getting into like, what is a fermented food? I know myself, I was pretty confused for a long time. Like, as I'm saying, like as in the U S when fermented foods became popular and now how like they're super buzzy in health and wellness, like what's a probiotic, what's a fermented food, what's a symbiotic, what's a postbiotic, what's a prebiotic. It all gets really confusing. And I think there's also like so much misinformation on the internet. Like people just say, um, I'll get into it, but like, you can basically put the word like probiotic on anything. It doesn't mean anything. Like if you see probiotic rich skincare, what does that mean? Um, you could put like probiotic on a sweatshirt basically. Um, so an overview of all that shit. So during the process of fermentation, probiotics convert, convert carbs. So like your starch and your sugar into alcohols or acids. And that's why your typical like foods that you're thinking in the back of your head, like fermented foods have either like a very bubbly, like salty, acidic taste, or like some sort of sweet, like, uh, I don't know, alcohol flavor. You, you get what I'm saying? Like kombucha, like kimchi. Yeah. But the difference between like a fermented food and a pickled food actually relates a lot to like the chemistry and how seriously something is like being um, converted on the chemical level. Emma and I are no chemists, but like just hang with us. Fermented foods mean that the food is preserved and transformed by bacteria. So it's a chemical reaction between the foods of the sugar. It takes a lot more time. It is, has to like actually change the compound that you are eating. But um but it doesn't require like an added liquid or heat. So when I've made sauerkraut in the past, like all you need is the cabbage and salt and you massage it. You don't need to add any vinegar or oil or um, any sort of like vinegar. Yeah. Any vinegar. Well, I'm saying oil, vinegar 
to it um, in order for it to change uh, chemically to become like fermented. But pickling is oftentimes just soaking food in acidic liquid. So like soaking your onions in an apple cider vinegar brine overnight, that's giving you like the pickled bread onion effect. Now they're both methods of preserving foods, but this is just to say that not all pickles are technically fermented. It's kind of like the thing where like not all squares are rectangles or not all rectangles are squares. I don't really know which one is which. Sorry, everyone. But that's kind of the same with pickling versus fermenting. So not all pickles are going to be fermented. You can make them with like the hot water vinegar thing, like we were saying. Those are quick pickles, but fermented is like a different level. And this kind of gets into like probiotics. A lot of you guys ask like, could a fermented food be a probiotic technically? Now it's possible for like a fermented food to meet the criteria for being a probiotic, but a lot of things fall short just because something has microorganisms. It doesn't mean it satisfies the definition of like what the standard is. Now, if you guys, the I'm a little bit biased, but the company that I take for a probiotic is Seed. Um, I've been really, I took them for about two years and then I've been onboarded as an affiliate. So like just disclosing my relationship there. However, I was really drawn to their science on their website. They're putting so much money into studying the gut microbiome and also like planetary health and how those two inter- interrelate. And so they have this whole, um, in order for their to, to become an affiliate with them, you have to actually pass a class, which I think is really cool. Cause like most people that are fucking influencers just like simp for anything and they don't know what they're saying. Like, I love this skinny tea. It does this. However, on Seed's website, they had this whole course that you can go through about like probiotics, like what is a probiotic? What is not a probiotic? How does the government classify these? What happens in Europe? What does their probiotic do? So if you're looking for really like a geeky, almost like course on probiotics, head over to seed.com's website. Um, And they were saying basically that like the word probiotic, as I said before, is not regulated by the FDA. So it could be a probiotic shampoo. You could have a probiotic claw clip tomorrow or probiotic tote bag. Um, The only thing that the government does in the United States, like the FDA, they categorize one class of probiotics as a live microbial dietary supplement. So as we're, as we know, obviously every podcast this comes up, like the supplement market is not really regulated. It's under enforced. And so that's why like the probiotic term has been used for a lot of marketing and enticement purposes. And a lot of, a lot of the science around probiotics, like have been lost in translation or even like misaligned to confuse consumers. So that's just something from like the consumer angle to pay attention to that. Like, yes, a lot of pickled and fermented foods could be a probiotic, but like the regulation around like, what is a probiotic is not that clear. Yeah. And then like the next thing is like why sugar is sometimes needed for fermentation. I think a lot of people probably get like spooked out when they like see that there's sugar in like kombucha and like, why isn't there like sugar and sauerkraut? And so like without sugar, you don't have things like ginger beer or like kombucha. And I know like some yogurts even have Mm -hmm. sugar and I'm sure there's like other fermented foods that I'm not even like talking about, like maybe like sourdough or whatever. Um, But essentially sugar is needed to feed the bacteria and yeast to really kick off the fermentation process because when the yeast consumes and I digest the sugar, it produces ethanol and CO2. So this is like really how like it's kind of changing that chemical structure. And with like kombucha or like ginger beer, there's like commonly like a two-step process. So in the first stage of using the sugar, it's for like that initial fermentation And then sugar for the second stage is kind of create just enough like CO2 bubbles to make the beverage fizzy. So that's why like, you know, kombucha has that like carbonated, you know, sensation. Um, And most of the sugar used in fermentation is consumed specifically by the yeast and is broken down into glucose and fructose. So if you're someone who's like 
scared about sugar or like, you know, doesn't want to like consume like a lot of like added sugars. There's really not much to be like super worried about when it comes to things like kombucha, because when it is broken down, it's broken down into like glucose and fructose. So, and these both have lower glycemic levels. So you're not going to get like a spike in blood sugar. Um, but I really don't think there's like much to be too concerned about when it comes to like sugar content and kombucha and yeah, obviously like not all fermented foods are going to require sugar. It just kind of depends on, you know, the fermentation process that, that each food requires. Yeah. And kind of getting into like the overall health part of this episode about like fermented foods. Now the health benefits of canned foods example, it's going to be a lot cheaper to go buy like canned artichokes or canned mushrooms or canned chickpeas than it is. Well, not chickpeas, but like for vegetables, at least. Um, also a lot of the times as the same with like frozen foods, it's going to be picked at peak ripeness. You're not, you're going to actually be getting like the best quality of the food, even though it might seem like gross, like you're eating like slimy, like artichokes from a can, like the, they're going to be preserved at the right time. Um, and the health benefits obviously of like pickled and fermented foods is going to be all about the gut health, which I'm sure you guys know. And the basic like idea behind this is that like the fermentation is going to kill your bad bacteria, but it allows for probiotics to thrive. Um, but the caution is that like, it could cause bloating and gas at first. A lot of people I think have that phenomenon. Like if you just eat too much, too many fermented foods at one sitting, you could get very bloated. So definitely ease your way into it. Yeah. And like the reason for kind of like why you might experience that bloating or gas at first is due to like the excess gas that is being produced, um, after the probiotics are killing the harmful bacteria. So if you're someone who has like really never consumed any fermented foods, like Kate said, go into it with caution and just like start off slow. I know that I was like reading stuff where it's like, take like one tablespoon of sauerkraut, like kind of treat it as a condiment. And I know like coconut cold, their yogurt, like they recommend just like taking like literally like one small spoonful at a time. Cause it's like so high in probiotics and with like healthy bacteria and the lactic acid bacteria. So lactobacillus is like the good bacteria that can promote gut health. And this is, you know, with this type of bacteria and the other strains as well. Um, they contain enzymes, vitamins, and nutrients. And with like our gut microbiomes, like the geeky gut moment, there's over like nearly uh, like 1000 trillion microorganisms that live in our gut. And with the gut microbiome, there's still like so much research to be done. But I think like what we've talked about in like the gut episode and like probably a few others that like our gut microbiome plays such a huge role kind of like in our entire like health and like different systems. So it influences our immune system, metabolism, and so many other functions within our body. And so when there's good bugs, when the good bugs outnumber like the bad bugs, you are least likely to develop certain like health issues and other like, you know, like stomach, like digestive symptoms, like IBS, et cetera. Um, And so really like fermented foods, they are there to kind of like help supplement your diet. I wouldn't necessarily take them solely as like a way to like obtain like healthy probiotic, like bacteria, but more like to kind of add on to that additional layer. Yeah. And I think in the wellness space, I feel like probiotics and fermented foods definitely have this positive connotation. Uh, The only thing is that I feel like some like super orthorexic, like wellness bloggers are like, don't eat anything from a can, like the BPA lining, which is all factual. Like that is something that you should look out for if you are buying canned foods. Um, But then there's like fear mongering with like Emma was saying, with like this kombucha has too much sugar or like there is too much sodium in cabbage. So I guess if you have like a medical diagnosis from your doctor to avoid like high sodium foods, like maybe don't buy sauerkraut. I, I don't know. I'm at the age where I feel like I don't really read sodium on a label. I probably should because I eat a lot of 
like coconut aminos and liquid aminos. Um, so that's just something you're gonna have to consider or like miso paste. Like I eat so much miso paste that is very high in sodium. So that could be a health concern with this aspect of health stuff. Um, and kind of getting into like, if you want to go down the wellness God route and start pickling and fermenting, um, what do you normally pickle and ferment? I normally just pickle onions. Um, really just like red onions. I'm trying to, I feel like I tried sauerkraut once and I was just like, Emma, why are you doing like, actually Emma, like, why are you even trying to do this? Um, yeah, I do, pickle I do like rad, I do radishes here and there, but they don't hit the same. Yeah. Radishes. I always feel like they're like, I don't know. Yeah. The texture of them. I don't love. I made, um, I've done a lot of pickling. That was like a weird pandemic thing I got into. I made like pickled hot sauce or fermented hot sauce. I made pickled, um, mustard. And it was like, I was literally pickling mustard seeds. I let them sit in a brine in like tiny ass fucking mustard seeds. They're like smaller than your fingernail, like your pink fingernail. I was like, I'm fermenting seeds. This is April, 2020. This is really, we're in the thick of it. Um, I thought that the fermented hot sauce was going to kill me. I used the recipe from the cat beauty cookbook, which I don't have anymore. Cause I think my old roommate stole it for me. <laughs> Loki. Um, but I've tried to make uh, I, I feel like a lot of people probably tried to make the yogurt where like you look up, I feel like it's minimalist, like, minimalist baker. Yeah, it's like, it's like cut a probiotic, kill in half and cut it. I couldn't get past that step. <laughs> I don't know why, but then, yeah, it's supposed to make yogurt. But as we're getting to here, if you're pickling from home, there are some things to watch out for. Like a quick pickle, you're going to be fine. But if you're doing any serious fermented stuff, watch out. Um, also another thing, kombucha, I never got into getting a scoby is kind of like an acquired like black market thing from what I've heard yeah I have always like wanted to I know a lot of people who actually do make their own kombucha and I feel like that's like kind of I feel like it's either like that or like sourdough is like where people start off when it comes to like the whole like fermentation stuff but yeah, yeah kombucha I'm like I just don't feel like tending to that that like seems like a child and I like right. can barely take care of myself no, I was thinking like kombucha, you know, really planning out my life here. I was thinking like maybe when I'm like 28, I will like make kombucha from scratch. Also the flavoring of it, like it, it would be nice because you do have the control over flavors and all that type of shit. But at the same time, what am I, what? I don't want to, I don't want to try to make the blue, like the pure flavor. Whatever, whatever. life, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What would you use? And I looked at it. It says kiwi juice. That does not taste like kiwi. It's interesting because like all of like the GT's kombuchas have like kiwi juice I feel in it I feel yeah. like I feel like it'd be good with like I don't know like if you pureed watermelon and did, that's like, where I was thinking too I was like that's the one or like raspberries or like lemon I don't know um maybe if you like you know how you make chia seed jam with raspberries if you like made it really liquidy and made like a, a raspberry syrup or some shit I don't really know I don't have any dream kombucha flavors that I haven't already tried Maybe like, do they make there's, a, there's like a crazy amount of flavors on the market. It's like yeah. actually like overwhelming to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like they really be pumping out shit left and right. Oh my God. Do, did you ever try? Okay. We're kind of like going off topic, no, but ETs used to have like a coffee flavored kombucha. I was like just going to back, back in the day. Well, I was just going to say, I am shocked. Cause I know there is that one pumpkin spice flavor or not pumpkin, but the spicy fall flavor you mentioned mm-hmm. in the last episode. I am shocked that GT's has not tried to make like a cookie dough kombucha. You know how there's that chocolate dessert hummus that like is now buzzy and everyone's like, oh, wow. I'm surprised they really haven't tried to make like chocolate kombucha, but I have not had the coffee. The coffee one, I think they discontinued it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my friend, my friend Patrick and I like in high school, we would always just like go and just like get kombucha all the time. Like that would be like 
at like 11 p.m we'd like drive to high because it'd be open 24 hours we'd like go into the supplement section like buy kombucha and we we're like you know what fuck it we're gonna try the coffee one we both took a sip and like literally almost vomited yeah. it was just like it like i just don't want like carbonated like acidic like apple cider vinegar coffee like that just like flavor profile like just not it's not meant to exist on this planet um yeah i was thinking like i've seen a lot of people do they they'll take an espresso shot and then they put in sparkling water like that's a drink that's served at some restaurants now and i'm yeah. like sparkling coffee mm, don't know don't know about it but the whole yeah the fermented side of it i'm like that sounds fucking that sounds vile like you should not be having that your stomach from coffee and a fermented food. Yikes. Yeah, no. But I would think, I'm trying to think of any kombucha flavors that I would want. Maybe like an orange creamsicle. That would be good. I like that idea. I don't even, I'm like trying to think and I- Zevia, the cola. They've done all all the berries. All the berries have had their kombucha moment. Is there Um, a lime? Like a limeade would be good. I feel like the health aid brand has like a cucumber jalapeno. I'm sure some sort of like limeade exists. Yeah. But I feel I, like GTs have and like I, I I could get behind like a key lime flavor, maybe. Wait, I think that Health Aid actually did have some chocolate flavor for a while. Now that I think about it, I remember always seeing it. It was like some sort of like chili cacao. I could be making that up, but uh, probably makes sense. I like don't really pay attention to Health Aid. Sorry. I Same really sorry. don't drink. GTs. GTs. Uh, if you're listening, sponsor the pod, please. Please. Yeah, it's about fucking time. <laughs> Literally, anytime we mention a brand, why are we not sponsored? Come on, sponsor. Um, anyways, back to the shot. So if y'all are getting into pickling and fermenting, here are some just like basic tips. Like Emma and I disclosed we are not picklers. We're not, we don't have any plans to op- open a pickle business as of now. But as I was saying, like, look for, look out for BPA, BPA lining. If you're getting canned foods, that's something that's pretty obvious. Now, if you are doing your own pickling, like fermenting, let's say you're making sauerkraut or something that's going to be sitting in the back of your fridge or your pantry for a long time, you are at risk of contamination or botulism, uh, which is a serious, you could cause even more IBS for yourself. So some making tips, like if you are making kombucha, there's a lot of strict controls with it. You have to use a starter culture and you have to sanitize it and you have to make sure you're paying attention to it. Like Emma was saying, it's like tending to a fucking child. So that is something like if you don't have time and you're just going to like let a scoby rot in your pantry, don't know about that one. Don't do it. And then like think you're going to be able to just like pick it up and revive it in a week. No. Um, the same with sourdough. Like I'm sure everyone has been like sourdough to death because the pandemic and kind of knows about that. Like everyone talking about how their starter died. Um, but commercially grown fermented foods actually have to meet like a sufficient acid in order to be sold as a fermented food. So if you're ever buying something at the grocery store that's fermented, it has to meet like an acidic standard. So you're probably good there from like contamination. So you're not going to like get it. And if you were to get, I don't know, if you're going to get something from like a kimchi at a grocery store, you're not going to like sue them. That's just like your gut on you, I guess. Um, another thing is like temperature control plays a huge part into fermented. So fermented foods. So if you are making sauerkraut or anything, you have to really pay attention to like how hot or cold your apartment is. So if you're out of the apartment all day and your apartment gets really hot, you can fuck up your fermented foods. Um, another thing is like, if you're just chopping, like, let's say you have, I've done this before. I had Brussels sprouts and I had pickled Brussels sprouts and these Brussels sprouts were about to go bad. They had starting to get a little bit funky. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pickle them. I'm going to pickle that. And I did. And I remember eating them and I opened the mason jar and I was like, oof, this smells bad. 
So make sure that the vegetables you chop to put in a mason jar are already not rancid because that's going to be bad. If they are already going bad and then you add bacteria to them, not a good one. The next one that you could risk yourself if you are doing your own pickling is mold. Some examples of this is like if you're making water kefir, which is actually made through dried figs, which I didn't know. Um, I'm sure if you're at this advanced level, you probably know what the fuck you're doing. You're not just going to like the first time you pickle, I'm doing water kefir with dried figs. But however, you have to do it in an absence of air. And so you have to have like a rubber ceiling on your, on your water kefir when you're fermenting it. And then another thing is like some require this like complete submerging. So like if you don't have the proper equipment to make sure your veggies are in the uh, vinegar the whole time, you could be fucked. Kombucha needs like a wide opening with a cloth to allow oxygen into it. So as you get more advanced with some fermented things, you just have to like control and like pay attention to it. So if you're not ready to commit to a fermented child in your life, just go to the grocery store, just fork over $7 for kimchi or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to make everything you guys, you, you, you can purchase stuff. It's okay. You can, you can stimulate the economy, um, (laughs) with fermented foods. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking, did I have a fermented food today? I'm probably gonna have a kombucha. So that's fun for me. What about you? Um, I have my cocoa June. I haven't had any fermented foods yet. Maybe I'll have sauerkraut later. Um, maybe a kombucha. I do desperately need to grocery shop. So maybe I'll treat myself to a nice sparkling botanical beverage of SCOBY. Can we talk about how there's just on the beverage train, there are too many beverages. So many. Too many beverages, but also not enough because I, I need like a new, I need a new beverage to be obsessed with. Like a nice fall beverage, but like, I don't know. I try to make like healthy hot chocolate and it's just like never is enjoyable. Yeah. Like we have enough kombucha brands. We have enough sparkling water brands we have enough seltzers we have enough adaptogenic botanical bullshit beverages a lot of bullshit i've just and they're none of them are that good that's the thing that's annoying like the ugh. one that i don't know if any of the sea musk girlies have tried is kin euphorics who the, who the fuck was the person that bought it is it Gigi? it's whatever bella bella is like now the fellow like ceo co-founder they did like a full like relaunch even though they existed for like yeah. three years before all of this yeah, a beverage that I'm just they're, like, they're, they're, they're like business probably like tanking. They were like, we need to revive this. It's like, no, you guys probably could have just like died off and the world would have been fine. Yeah, sometimes the most sustainable businesses are the ones that simply do not produce anything and they simply do not exist. Um, so yeah, the kin euphorics, it tastes like battery acid in my opinion. Eh, don't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really don't love any beverages. Zevia stays winning celsius made my legs itch <laughs> um that's another story i don't really love i'm off the whole like adaptogen dust kind of tired of feeling like a maid in my own kitchen of mixing. oh yeah we've been talking about this we've kind of been like off just like so many like hippie voodoo like health stuff i'm just like give me my protein powder and collagen and let me call it a day maybe in the winter i know emma and i are now becoming bodybuilders if you haven't picked up on that trend we're not we're not hippie anymore we're just muscle yeah because i only really fucking we're fully just like bros at this point yeah i only really care about like my fake mct oil my protein powder collagen that's about it that's about it from the supplement side i bought a tincture of 
lion's mane for the LSAT thinking it's going to get me a perfect score. So hope it does. I will be the success story if it does. <laughs> Otherwise, no supplements. I'm tired of being a little, I don't like mixing dust anymore. Maybe I will in the winter, but it's just they're not enjoyable for me. You know, it's like a chore. It's, it's a chore and it's underwhelming. And I don't, I don't need that energy in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it again, dog. It's always a good time to be a podcaster in this silly little world. Um, I hope you enjoy your grocery run. Get some. Yeah, I like dire need. All I have is like alfalfa sprouts, sourdough, and eggs. So a girly, a girly needs some food in the fridge. Um, Slay. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Probably just enjoy enjoy the sun. It's so nice out. There's so yeah. many people outside. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the same. I'm going to Magnolia Bakery. They like slid in my DMs. We're like, we're having a cupcake thing with New York or nowhere. Um, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I now have a hat that says New York or nowhere. And I kind of want to die. Kind of want to die. So I'm going to be going to get a um, cupcake. I don't really like cupcakes. So it's kind of unfortunate. I really want to try their, I've never been there before. Obviously like hashtag was vegan for a long time. However, um, wanted to try their little banana pudding thing because it's like if you go there isn't that like I have yeah I have heard many positive things about the banana pudding maybe you can you know finesse and get some free yeah maybe I'll say I'm like allergic to gluten sugar and they'll be like there's sugar in the banana pudding and be like well eh, I don't know I don't know about it But yeah, um, if y'all listen to the pod, leave us a review. It makes Emma and me smile. Join our community platform because we're going to be launching merch soon. And don't slide on Instagram DMs asking for merch. Join the community platform. It's where all the cool wellness guys hang out. And thank you for listening to the pod. Talk to you all next week.